states and outside the country. So the money's not purposely spent. They use that money to pray the gospel. So think about it very hard. Pray about that. What, what you would give to the, the, the offering for the state commission. Also, we're not having uh, Workday Thursday. We're having one Saturday morning. One of our church members bought a block of time two years ago. And we're going to deliver on that this coming Saturday. We had a, uh, a building, not a building fund, but the ladies had a uh, Christmas. What is Christmas? Yeah, so they, we offered off our services, four-hour services for four men. So we're going to make good on that time that, that someone bought that time for this coming Saturday. It'll be at Sandra's house, she said. Not mine, but Sandra's house. We're going to be there at 8.30 Saturday morning to uh, take care of that project for you. Thank you so much. Good morning. I hope everyone's doing well this morning. We do have uh, some uh, prayer requests, but I will, first I want to say thank you for allowing me to go to Florida last week to visit my family. Um, I was able to listen to the service while I was driving up I-95 on the way home. Um, were able to watch, but I kept my eyes on the on the road. I didn't watch. I wanted to see Larry's face so bad when he thought he had to eat that that flower, though. <laughs> with with Sandra's sermon, I want to say thank you to Micah for uh, for for bringing God's word to us last week. But it is great to be back with my church family. I've missed you guys, and it is great to be back. But we do have some prayer requests. First of all, we need to pray for Trey. He is flying solo up in the sound booth this morning doing the job of three men that are normally up there. So he's up there trying to handle everything. And I'm sitting here watching him. He's going back and forth like this. So uh, pray for him. But the reason he's up there solo is because uh, Bruce had tested positive for COVID and he is at home and pray for him. He had talked to him. He's having his ups and downs. I talked to him yesterday and he's really having a tough time breathing. So pray for him. Will not contract it. Um, Both of them have been vaccinated before. So please continue to pray for them as, as he has this. And then Nick is out sick this, this morning also. He's been sick all weekend, so please pray for him. A message that Linda, uh, Allison's daughter, Jennifer, normal, um, has has COVID. And because the hospital is so full, she was not able to be admitted to the hospital, but she's having a nurse come out twice a week, twice a day, to to check on her and to, to help her. So pray for Jennifer and continue to pray for us and wisdom and how we deal with things and how we uh, process things. Like I'm staying committed to the fact that we will not close the doors again, even if it's just me here into an empty room. We are going to have church and we're going to keep the doors open. But please pray for wisdom with you guys. Pray for wisdom that God would show you what you need to do. Like I said, the doors are going to be open. If you want to come, come. If you want to stay home and watch online, we're going to continue to do that. 
We are going to be here and we're going to proclaim the word of God in this building no matter what. And we're doing a great job of spacing out. We're doing a great job of, of sanitizing. So please feel comfortable to come, but pray that God would give you the wisdom and, and, and follow his guidance and what he wants you to do. And at this time, if we would please turn our hearts to God and as we go to the Lord to start our worship service with prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you, bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, you have heard me mention the names of those that are dealing with COVID, those that need your help right now and your intervention. Dear Lord, I lift them to you. All the ones that are on our prayer list, dear Lord, they need your strength. They need your peace. Dear Lord, I know that there's people here today that are dealing with things that have not been mentioned. Dear Lord, give them the peace of knowing that you are with them. Give them the peace to know that you have a plan for them. And dear Lord, give them the strength of faith to endure what they're going through. May they trust in your everlasting arms. Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you for the people that are able to, to jump in and fill in, regardless if staff are here or not. That the purpose of this church continues on. And dear Lord, I pray today that during this short time you take all the distractions of our daily lives and you take them away from us so that we may be able to fully concentrate on you for this short time. That your spirit move among your people, that he opens our hearts and ears so that we may hear your word and that we may praise your name without inhibition. Lord, I pray that the gospel be proclaimed today. And that hearts and souls will be changed because of the love and the mercy and grace and blood of Jesus Christ. And we give you all the honor and praise for everything that is done and said here today. And it is in your holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. Let us stand as we sing hymn number 572. I love to tell the story, so let us sing first and last. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory. To tell the old, old story of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story 
For those you know it best Seem hungry and thirsty To hear it like the rest And when in sins and glory I sing the new, new song Twill be the old, old We're going to talk about discipline this morning. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> what? You don't think that's okay to talk about discipline with the staff? I'm going to send one with, home with all y'all's parents. No, I'm just kidding. Where, what is this? Somebody know what this is? What is this, Teddy? A shepherd's staff or a shepherd's crook. It's a Teddy Getter. See, look at here. Teddy Getter. Here, sit down, Teddy, okay? Sit down. What do, you, uh, what do you do with this thing? What, what's it used for? Why does it have a hook on it? Do you know? Yeah. Hold on. To grab like, all of the sheep. Grab the, okay, to grab the sheep. What was you going to say? Grab right. So grab their neck. Sounds pretty harsh, but sheep are not the smartest of animals. Did you know that? So a shepherd has to watch after his sheep, and this hook is literally so he can take it and hook. They're a lot bigger than this, the real ones are. The hook's probably got here because it has to go around a sheep at neck and it can grab it and pull it because sheep, like I said, they're not very smart and they get into things. Do you guys know any shepherds? Uh, no. <laughs> what kind of look was that, Betsy? You don't know a shepherd? I do. I know a shepherd. I do. Well, Jesus is the good shepherd, but I do know another shepherd. And he's sitting right here near you. Do you know who that would be? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. What about Preacher Artie? Do you think Preacher Artie's a shepherd? No. You don't think Preacher Artie's a shepherd? Why don't you think that? He is, but do you know what he watches after? What, is, what kind of flock does Preacher Artie watch after? He watches after his church, the flock that are his church. Izzy said that I was a shepherd. I watch after you guys, right? And so today is... All across the board, it's, it's, I was listening to this on the radio all week, Caleb and uh, all these, the light, they'll tell you a hundred times, it's Pastor Appreciation Week. So we're going to talk about how important our pastor is. Now Jesus is the good shepherd, now he's the pastor over the whole church. When I say the whole church, like everybody, not just Crestview, not just the Baptist Association, the whole church, everybody, but we have a shepherd, Mr. Arnie has been given to us, he has been called and given to us as our shepherd, and he's there for us when we need somebody to pray for us, when we're struggling with what we got going on in our life, 
when we're sad or when we lose somebody. He's there to watch out for us and pray for us and help point us in the right direction. Now, is he pointing us in the direction that he wants us to go? What's, no, he's pointing us in the direction that who wants us to go? Jesus wants us to go. He points us in the direction that God wants us to be going, right? That's his job. If he's pointing us in a direction that he wants us to go, is he doing our, his job? No, he's not doing his job. But luckily for us, we have an awesome pastor. And Pastor Artie is very awesome. And he's always pointing me and everyone in here and you guys in the direction that Jesus wants you to go. Isn't that great? I'm going to share a Bible verse with you about the Good Shepherd and who he is, okay? So listen to this. This is John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. It says, and these verses are in red. What does that mean? It means Jesus is talking, right? It says, yeah, here. Here, hold on, I'm going to give it to Mr. Artie. It says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus was the good shepherd. Do you know what shepherds are willing to do in the field? They're willing to put their life on the line for their sheep. If bears or wolves or lions, depending on where they're at, if they come into the field to get their sheep, they will go stand up to, the she- to those wild animals to protect their sheep. Well, that's what Jesus did for us. He laid down his life on the cross for his sheep, which is us. And you know what? I think if it came down to it, and preacher already needed to, I know that he would put his life on the line for us, right? He would take care of us. He would do whatever it took to take care of us. But I want you to remember that even though it's pastor appreciation, to remember that our good shepherd, he watches over all of us. He's even preacher Artie's shepherd. Isn't that weird? A shepherd has a shepherd? Isn't that weird? But then he's a sheep. And he says, bye. Okay, let's bow our heads, and we're going to go talk about this a little bit more, and we got some cool coloring sheet we're going to do, and uh, Miss Faith is going to meet us at the back door, and we're going to go out for children's church. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day, for each one of these guys that are here today, for their input and conversations into our lessons. Lord, thank you for Preacher Artie, for being the shepherd of this church, and Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ for being the good shepherd who's, who lay his life down on the line for each and every one of us so we could be forgiven for our sins. Lord, we love you and we praise you. All this we ask in your name. Amen. All right, Teddy, get up. Yeah.
that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. That it is done. This past week, I have been watching a documentary about a church in Brentwood, Tennessee. And as I watched that, I could feel my blood just starting to boil. The anger that I started to feel. And I'll be honest with you, one of the things that makes me angrier than anything else is is hearing someone pervert the Word of God for their own purposes. And I'm not going to lie to you. You can take the Bible, and if you take it out of context, you can make it say anything that you want to. You can take what God meant, and you can twist it for your benefit. And so, I want to look at Jesus' words today, and the warning that he gives to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you would please stand and turn to Matthew 7, verses 15 and 20, and we're going to look, and the title of the sermon is How to Spot a Wolf. That's the title of the sermon today, How to Spot a Wolf. So this is what it says here in in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. It says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their roots. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles. Are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank you for what we see you saying in your word. Thank you for Matthew recording this for us to learn from. I ask that you speak to us through it today and bless the reading of your word. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Jesus had just got through talking and sharing with his disciples about the broad way that leads to destruction, and the narrow gate that leads to righteousness. And he says, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and great are those that find it, that go that way. And then he jumps immediately into warning about false teachers. So why... Beware, beware of false teachers and prophets. He says that in, in verse 15. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So why do we need to beware 
of false prophets and teachers. The first reason is because the false prophet and teacher appear to be harmless. They never just come out and tell you exactly what their plan is. They appear to be harmless. This church in Brentwood, Tennessee, when you listen to the leader of the church talk, they talk about salvation. They talk about Jesus Christ. They talk about, about being faithful to Him and salvation. Sounds like we, what I preach here, what we, we study in the Bible. But as you continue to listen to them, they start adding little things. Like, in order to go to heaven, you have to obey the authority of the leaders of the church. Church, I'm going to tell you, yes, the, the Bible says to obey those in authority over you, but it says there's only one way to heaven. And it's not through me or any other preacher or anybody that stands in this pulpit. But it appears to be harmless. I know in my lifetime, I remember James Jones. You older people remember James Jones. You younger people have no idea who I'm talking about. But James Jones started out and he gathered a great following and he did incredible work reaching out to the poor. That's who he went after. That's how he built his church is, is going and, and, and preaching to those that needed it most. But he became power hungry and he began, began just doing all kinds of nuts stuff. And he believed the world was ending. So he, he took them all out to California to the Redwood Forest first. And then he ended up taking them to Guyana. And the government started investigating him. And his followers killed a senator. And so they were coming in to get him. And he had all of them drink cyanide Kool-Aid. And the ones that wouldn't drink the Kool-Aid, they killed. Some got away. But all his followers died. When he started out, he started out innocently. The Bible says that a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, right? And in Scripture, leaven is used as an example of sin. Now here's my question to you. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many sins do we have to commit to be a sinner? One. How much of a lie does it have to include to be, for the whole thing to be a lie? If I tell you 95% of the truth and only 5% of, of it is a lie, does that mean that the 95% makes the whole thing true? No. That 5% that's a lie affects all the rest of it. It appears to be innocent, but if it is not 100% accurate, not 100% correct, and not 100% truth, then it is a lie. 
even though it appears innocent. And no matter how innocent a false prophet appears, they are really ravenous wolves. See, the false prophet dresses themselves up as somebody that's sincere, somebody that's innocent, in order to mingle with the other sheep and build their trust. And they slowly begin to operate and slowly begin to integrate and slowly begin to change what they're teaching. And before long, it's too late. I don't hunt much anymore, but I used to. And when I would go hunting, you know, I would go out there and I would put decoys up. I would put the lures up, the the, the scent. I would cover myself up. And I would go sit in a tree 12 feet up in the air. And I would wait. And all of a sudden, you'd seen a deer come out and they'd have their nose stuck up in the air smelling that scent. And they would come for it. And they would walk. Little did they know that I was there waiting for them. The false prophet does the same exact thing. The whole time they're waiting. And here, because the, the other reason we need to beware is because the, the false prophet or teacher are literally, understand this, literally, secretly trying to kill you. I am not talking about physically kill you. I'm talking about spiritually kill you. They want you to buy into a lie. They do not want you to go to heaven. They want all the benefit from themselves and not for you. They are not doing it for you. They are doing it for themselves. And they choose their words and they choose how to say things to make it sound biblical and to make it sound righteous. But the whole time it is nothing but lies. They are intent on destroying your faith. 2 Peter 2, verses 1-3 through says this, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the Master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment will long ago not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. What is Peter telling us here? He's saying it happened once, it's going to happen before. Or it's happened before, it's going to happen again. There's going to be false prophets. And it says because of their lies, because of their heresies that they've been teaching, that the truth will be maligned. Church, that's what's happening now. That is what is happening now. 
If we stand and preach God's Word, all of it, without worrying about how it is making people feel, if we're hurting somebody's feelings or not, then we're considered to be hateful. That we're considered to be wrong when all we are doing is speaking the truth. Doesn't matter if we speak it in love. It's considered wrong. If I sit here and tell you that abortion is immoral, that abortion is wrong, it is the killing of an innocent soul. The killing of a baby. Somebody is going to be mad at me for saying that. But the Bible says that He knit us together in our mother's womb. Before we were born, He knew us. He had a plan for us. That every life is sacred to Him. That's what the Bible says. What used to be considered wrong is now right, and what it was what is right is now considered wrong. Tim Tebow got criticized for giving God the glory for his ability in sports, for kneeling and praying. He got criticized. But the ones that do immoral acts are considered to be heroes because they're standing for what they believe in. Or in some cases, kneeling for what they believe in. But they're praised and they're glorified. Church, it's because of false prophets that have secretly came into the church that have preached heresy that has made us immune to these things. So how do we spot a wolf? Well, look at verses 16 and 20 of Matthew 7. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. So how do we spot them? By their fruits. So let's take a look at this. First thing we need to be aware of is what do they teach about Jesus? Do they teach and believe that Jesus is the Son of God that became flesh? Is He the one that died on the cross for our forgiveness? Is He God incarnate? What do they believe and teach about Jesus? 1 John 4, 1-3 says, Beloved, do, you, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. 
the first thing to, to notice, when, what do they teach about Jesus? Is Jesus the only way for salvation? Or do they add things? Who do they believe Jesus is? Is He a good teacher? Is He a good man? Or is He the incarnate Son of God that became flesh and dwelled among us and is now seated at the right hand of God, waiting to call His children home. If they don't believe or teach Jesus and only Jesus, stay away from them. Beware of them. Because Jesus is the only way of salvation. He is the only way to mend our broken lives. He is the only way to get to be a child of God. And it is He and He alone that deserves our worship, that deserves our love, and deserves our praise. Then the second thing is that you need to look at, do they teach the biblical gospel? What do I mean by biblical gospel? Anyone who teaches an incomplete or unbiblical gospel is the eternally is to be eternally condemned. See Galatians 1:9 says this. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. And then any gospel apart from what the Bible tells us is not the true good news. It's not the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 says this, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also, or which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is this, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Anything different than that is false and a lie, and you need to stay away from it. You don't have to come and confess to me what you do all the time. I'm not the one that can give you forgiveness. You don't have to do, you don't have to come to Sunday school 95% of the time to be saved. You don't have to obey me or Sandra or Chad or any of the deacons to be saved. I'm going to tell you something right now that's going to blow your mind. Getting into that water right there is not going to save you. Getting sprinkled as a baby is not going to save you. 
The gospel is this. It is Jesus Christ died, buried, and resurrection, resurrected that we are saved by. It is belief in Jesus Christ. Asking forgiveness of our sin through the blood of Jesus Christ and being adopted into the family of God and sealed because of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and resurrected. Anything different than that, adding anything to it and taking anything away from it is not biblical. It is not the biblical gospel. And it is heresy and it is a lie and they are condemned for teaching it. They may not be condemned now. They may be standing in pulpits preaching right now that there's other ways to heaven. I have even heard preachers say it doesn't matter what you believe in. All it matters is that you truly believe in something. That is hogwash. It does matter what we believe. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus and only Jesus. Anything else, any other gospel, you've got to be careful and watch out for. And then thirdly, looking at their fruits, do they exhibit a godly character? Do they show qualities that show that they are dependent on Scripture? See, I've actually been in a service before and listened to a preacher, and not one time did he even refer to the Bible. He didn't quote any Scripture. He didn't read any Scripture, and he never mentioned the, the name Jesus Christ in the entire sermon. I don't understand that. Many times I've been told, you're, you're a different type of preacher than I've ever met before. Because I talk about movies, I talk about things, I, I say things and do things that people aren't used to having. Listen, I'm going to tell you, what you see is what you get from me. I'm going to act the same here as I act at home or anywhere else. You're going to see my flaws because I am a broken vessel that's been put together by the loving grace of Jesus Christ. I am a sinner saved by grace. I am not perfect. I do not deserve to be set on a pedestal. The only one that needs to be lifted up is Jesus. Not me. But I'm going to tell you, false prophets, false teachers, those that are teaching something different, it's all about them. They're the ones that want to be raised up. They're the ones that want million dollar jets. They're the ones that want everything to be about them. Look at what Timothy said, or Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. <coughs> Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, 
for it will lead to further ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hermanius and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that resurrection has already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and everyone whose name the, of the, who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Church, it is my job as pastor, as Chad said, shepherd, to lead, to guide, to take God's Word and open it up, explaining to you how it applies to our lives. It is my responsibility to set the example of someone that struggles on a daily basis as sin, but confesses sin and turns to God for the guidance. I am not perfect. I am not the one that has all the answers. Sometimes people ask me something and it takes me a while to answer because I'm thinking and I want to pray about it. And I want to give the best answer I can possibly give. And those answers only come from God. I don't have a, a secret bat phone in the office that goes directly to God. I don't go in there and sit and call Him up and get direct answers directly from Him. Many times... I have heard the voice of God talking to me so clearly that He's like He's sitting in the room with me. But that is no different than any of you. There are many of you that can say the same thing, that God was so pointed with you that you almost heard Him speak audibly. But then there's times that I wish that He would come and send a hand to write on the wall because I cannot figure out what it is He wants me to do. Church, my heart is a heart after God. <clears throat> I don't care about wearing a thousand dollar suit. I'm not that big on wearing ties anyway. I don't care about having designer clothes. I don't care about living in the biggest house. I don't care about having all the money in the world to do anything that I want. I don't care about those things. God did not call me to be wealthy. God called me to preach the gospel. Whether it be to children or to adults, He called me to preach Jesus and Jesus alone church you have to be careful there have been times even within the life of this church that people have, take, have put more stock in what somebody wrote in a book about God than what God had to say about himself in his own word there have been times That we have heard things said 
Maybe not here, but we've heard it said on TV or the radio or somewhere that tells us that if we are, if we are not following God, we won't be rich. But if, we, if God has blessed us by giving us money, then we are where God wants us to be. Church, I'm telling you, that's not scriptural. The prosperity gospel is not scriptural. Jesus said that the birds of the air have nests and foxes have their hold, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He also said that if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute those that follow me. There are going to be times in our lives that are difficult. And yes, God puts difficulties in front of us because He wants us to grow in our faith and enduring those difficulties. We are good stewards. We are called to be good stewards, to be examples to people. That doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have a weak faith. Because it is through those struggles that we're able to grow in our faith because of our dependence on God. But church, more and more we need to be careful. We need to be aware of false teachers. Because thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are getting their ears tickled. They are getting what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. I've shared many times that as my kids were growing up, we live on a, it's not as busy now as it was, but a busy road. And every one of our kids like to go play around the road. And I would tell them no. And I would snatch them up. And I would spank their little bottoms. And telling them no to stay away from the road. That's not what they wanted to hear. They wanted to be able to do whatever they wanted to. But being told no and having their bottom spanked was what they needed to hear and have done. Because they didn't understand the danger that that road represented. But I understood the pain. I understood the, the, the danger of those cars speeding up and down that road. That is the job of the teacher. That is the job of the prophet. That is the job of the preacher is to tell you not necessarily what you want to hear, but what you need to hear because God has made us understand the dangers that are out there waiting. And we need to make you aware of what is out there. But it's not all doom and gloom. Listen to me, church. It is not all doom and gloom. Though the Christian life may not be easy. It is the most blessed thing that I've ever experienced. 
I have been blessed with an incredible family. I have been blessed by an incredible church. I serve people that I love as my own family. And that love me in return. Walking with Jesus was literally the best decision I ever made in my life. The moment I, I, I asked God to forgive me and asked Jesus to come into my life and become Lord of my life, it was like a weight had been taken off my shoulders. And the freedom I experienced. It is like gasping for breath versus being able to take a full breath. That's what it felt like. The hopelessness was gone and I had all the hope in the world because of Jesus Christ. Now church, this was not the typical gospel message. It was a warning to beware of what is out there. I'm not pointing fingers at any one church. I am making my people aware that there are false teachers and false prophets out there. They are there wanting to lead people away. And they're doing an incredible job of doing it. But church, if God is talking to you today, if you've never experienced the peace and the glory of knowing Jesus as your personal Savior, don't leave this place today without doing that. I would love to tell you, there are many people around this congregation that would love the, the opportunity to share with you how to come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And it's as easy as ABC. It is not difficult. If God is telling you that you need to go talk to somebody, that if you need to go make something right with somebody, ask forgiveness, forgive them, whatever, do that now during this time. You are not tied to those pews that you're sitting in. You follow God and what He wants you to do. If He is telling you that you need to join this particular body of believers in fellowship and become part of this church, this is your opportunity. This is your time that you can do that. Whatever it is that God is leading you to do, do it right now. Take this opportunity to do it. As we sing this song. As we sing hymn number 571, Let Others See Jesus in You, 571. Let others see Jesus in you. 
Thank you for being here. You guys can have a seat. We've got Dan and Celeste Branham coming, if you guys would come up. I just told her we were laughing up here. Um, I told him, I said, I've been waiting for this. And she said, you've barely been waiting? I said, I've been waiting for you guys to do this since the second time you came to visit. I said, I was convinced this is where you were going to be, and I was just waiting for, for God to tell you this is where you needed to be. So, but this is Dan and Celeste Branham. They are coming uh, to join our church from Central Baptist in um, Gaffney. They have both accepted Christ as their personal Savior, have both been baptized, and they want to come today to join with us in fellowship as members of our church. If you're excited about that decision, let me hear a big shout. All right. Man, I was like, you guys, like most of you guys yell louder than that at football games. So I know you got it in you. So, but we're excited about them being and coming. So I'm going to ask them if they wouldn't mind to go to the back door and people just greet you as they leave and welcome you into our fellowship. And thank you. I'm so excited about you guys being here. Thank you. And uh, don't forget that we have a lot going on. Please, 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 please. We are working on a new directory. It's a different type of directory. We need up-to-date information. If you've not filled out one of the forms for this directory, please fill it out. They're at the, the Welcome Center. Um, we've got a lot, but we still have some that have not filled it out. I want to assure you, listen, this directory can be printed out, but it's also available for your cell phones and uh, your computer. There is no information that's being put on this thing that is not available online about you already. There is nothing tied to any financial information, nothing tied to in, in any social security number. It is anything most of you have already got on Facebook, or I can Google it and pull it up. So there's no worry about stealing your information. There is nothing on it that would endanger you whatsoever. But we do need it. I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. Our, the deacons, we use these things. I use it. It allows us to have uh, directions to your house so we can, we can get to where you live. Um, but here's the thing. No one can access this directory unless they're in their directory. You can't sign into it just because you want to see it. You have to be in the directory to be able to sign into it because it is based on the your, your email address. So if you don't have an email address, you can't get to it. Um, but in other words, we ask you to do that. Also, please, we do need uh, volunteers to help with our, our fall festival, or our trunk or treat on the 30th, as well as more candy. A lot of places are canceling their events. So we have the opportunity to have a lot of people come through. We're doing, going to do it in the safest manner possible, but we want to have an opportunity to minister and to share the gospel with as many people as possible that day. So we need your help. Okay, It's going to be something simple, um, but uh, we do need your help. 
don't forget about Wednesday night, and don't forget about the breakfast. And please, let me tell you something. Really pray about giving to the mission offering, North Carolina mission offering. We take advantage of these, the, the missions. We have our own mission camp in Shelby that is part of the North Carolina mission. They receive money. They are constantly building and repairing people's homes that can't do it themselves. They are constantly reaching out and ministering. All of that is paid for through the North Carolina mission offering. And I ask you to prayerfully consider what it is God would like you for, to give for that. I thank you again for being here. If you're visiting with us and this is your first or second time and you've not filled out a visitor's card, please stop by the welcome desk and, and, and fill that out. And uh, we just want to have a record of your being here. We don't want anything from you, but we want to say thank you for being here and see if there's any way we can pray for you. And at this time, I'm going to ask Joe. Um, those of you that may have noticed last week said that uh, Jim... Humphreys was Deacon of the Week. That was correct. I was told Wednesday night that he and Joe had flip-flopped because Jim is visiting his daughters this weekend. So uh, Joe is filling in for him, and Jim will be Deacon of the Week next week. So J D Joe, if you wouldn't mind dismissing us in prayer today. Thank you for our pastor, our shepherd. Lord, he has told us the truth. And the truth is, it is not spelled T-R-U-T-H. It's spelled J-E-S-U-S. -S. And there is no other way. So, Father, he has also warned us as we go leave this place, we're going out into the world where the truth is not always told. And, Lord, they are wolves seeking to harm us. So, Lord, we pray that others would see Jesus in us as we depart and that they would learn the truth that Jesus is the truth. He is the way. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. That's right,